Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. That's Crusader War music, and that's appropriate for the time that we live in right now. We're going to have Father Frank Provon on in a couple of minutes. Uh, high information Catholicism. Let me just uh, mention to you that the month of April is the month of the Holy Eucharist in the Catholic Church. So this month, you might make a commitment to go to Holy Mass a little more frequently. Maybe spend some extra time before the Blessed Sacrament. And if you can't get to Holy Mass daily, then make sure you do a spiritual communion prayer every day. Also, there's another beautiful tradition in the Catholic Church where you can send your guardian angel for you as well. Remember, Jesus waits for us in every tabernacle of the world, so go to him often. And I'm sure you're going to like what you hear. So you can like us by hitting the subscribe button, hit the bell to be notified, and share this show with others. Uh, Before I jump in with the gospel of the day, I just want to mention that uh, some news here that the Biden administration cited the coronavirus pandemic as a reason to authorize the prescription of the abortion pill, uh, Mifepristone through mail. So this new Biden policy will allow at-home self-administered abortions. And uh, with this action, the Biden administration has made clear that it it will prioritize abortion over women's safety allowing unsupervised chemical abortions via telemedicine without requiring timely access to medical care will put women in grave danger. And and another piece of news on the pro-life front, there's an Ohio pro-life win. Yes, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld Ohio's pro-life ban on abortions based on a Down syndrome diagnosis, so the right to an abortion before viability is not absolute, wrote Judge Alice Batcherfield in the court's majority opinion, adding, quote, simply put, there's no absolute or per se right to an abortion based on the stage of pregnancy. So that's a, a bit of good news. Just want to mention today's gospel today. Jesse, before you do the gospel, I just came back. I've got a, a very tense, sensitive uh, funeral happening at our chapel, so I'm a little late. I wanted to remind everybody, uh, last Friday we got taken off uh, Facebook, or excuse me, YouTube for the second time. For now we have to wait two weeks to go back on. And uh, the way you can watch us is go to, face, go to um, uh, Facebook. Facebook Live, and that'll take you to our show there. And if you can get our app, that's the best, most secure way of listening to our show because we control our app. So I just wanted to let people know that, yeah, we're... And again, the reason is... Uh, we were talking about the Sixth Commandment as with Bishop Strickland saying that, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. And by golly, um, they told us that offended uh, the listeners. Well, I was talking yes, uh, last week about the real pandemic is pornography. And, um, and you know, with what's going on with YouTube with all the crummy things they can put on with uh, porno that uh, they would let that stay on, but they can't let us stay on to talk about uh, this, the uh, tragedy of pornography so we're going to continue to talk and speak the truth and charity and uh, let the chips fall where they fall but father frank pavone i want to just welcome you i love having you on and before we do the gospel just again support priestsforlife.org they're doing wonderful work jesse i sorry to interrupt you i'm ready for some soul food brother i just want to read today's gospel and have father uh, frank pavone give us some uh, priestly commentary, some priestly reflection. Yeah. It's, it's very short. It's John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably the most quoted Bible verse oh, yeah. 
in the world. You'll see it in sporting events, on billboards. And so I'm going to read it and let Father make some commentary. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 21. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the, life, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come forward uh, toward excuse me toward the light so that his works might not be exposed but whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his work may be clearly seen as done in god the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ wow this gospel today talks about <laughs> what we're going to jump into about the the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Father Frank Pavone, can you give us some commentary, some reflection on today's gospel? Yes. Well, you know, I gave an extensive homily about it today on my Facebook page, which Good. is Father Frank Pavone, all spelled out. Okay. Folks can check out that homily. But, you know, it, it is the most famous Bible verse. God so loved the world. His love is free. Nothing compelled him to love us. He loves the whole world, everything he has made, because you remember the heresy that the devil made physical world, God made spiritual. No, God made everything, and he loves it all, and he redeems it all in Christ, and uh, that he gave his only begotten son. How does the father give the son over to death on the cross? He inspires him with love, the love which sacrifices itself to save us, uh, and so that we might not perish. Perishing is a real possibility. If it weren't a possibility, well, then why did Jesus die? So uh, he gives his life so that we might have that eternal life, which doesn't just start after death. It starts now. How? By faith, so that those who believe in him may have eternal life. Well, it's a perfect verse for the Easter season. We're celebrating the belief. Many have come into the church at Easter, and we all have been baptized thanks to that faith. Final point about the gospel is it shows that division is not a bad thing, and in fact, it's inevitable. And this gospel passage gets to the cause of division, whether it's in the nation, in the church, or in our families. The cause is some prefer darkness to light. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, they reject the light. Mm -hmm. they, they hide in the darkness. Others, like, like we, are committed to the light. There's the division. There is no fellowship mm -hmm. between light and darkness. There is no fellowship between the table of the Lord and the table of demons. So what people have to worry about is not that there's division or divisiveness. What we have to be concerned about is, are we on the right side mm. of division? Well said. Well said, Father Frank. You know, you know what uh, this verse also reminds me of is that the it, it, uh, sacrificial love, obviously, is what we see on, on, on the cross. And I think there's three people that understand sacrifice. A policeman that gives his life for his community. Uh, the soldier that gives his life for, for others' freedom, and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life for the sins of the world. 
of all three people, only one died for your soul, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my commentary. Well said. No, I think it's great. I'm not going to let Bishop Sheen come into the room today because I want to get to this Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act because it is breaking news. Father Frank, can you uh, get right into what's going on when, with the protection of the unborn? Yeah, define today, it. Define what this is. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is an effort to protect babies mm-hmm. who are born alive during an abortion. Wow. So, I mean, the first thing we have to, to get clear in our minds, Crazy. what does that even mean? You yeah. know, yes, it does happen. And we can go into some of the medical reasons why it happens. I'll be happy to explain that. But just to get a, a brief explanation, some babies are born alive despite the, the effort of the abortionist to kill them. That's point A. Point B is the laws in this country right now are not adequate for the protection of those babies. They are sometimes ignored, thrown into medical bags, left in utility rooms, or actively killed. Third, the Republicans have been now, this is the third Congress in a row, that they've been trying to introduce a legislation, and that's, you you said the name of it, the the, uh, um, Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. They're trying to strengthen the protection. There are some protections in the law, but they're trying to strengthen them so that it's consistent across the nation because some of the states have these laws to protect these babies. But but most of the states where the abortions are most widely permitted late in pregnancy do not have any laws that indicate what that abortionist is obliged to do should that baby still be alive outside the womb. So this bill doesn't restrict abortion. It simply protects those who survive it. Um, And uh, there was a similar bill passed in uh, 2002, actually. Uh, We were at the bill signing ceremony, uh, President George W. Bush, called the Born Alive Infants Protection Act. But the reason that's not sufficient is that that law, which is still in effect, defines as a person the baby born alive at any stage of pregnancy. But then it doesn't go any further than that. It defines them as a person, but doesn't say what you have to do or what you're not allowed to do. Wow. Uh, this new bill is um, giving specific instructions. Say, hey, care for that baby. What happened today? Why are we talking about this today? Today's a very important day. Tell us. The, re- the Democrats in the House of Representatives do not want to even have a debate on this bill. Father Frank, let me let me interrupt you because we're going to take a quick break. It's a good teaser. This is a very important day for the life of the unborn. Father Frank Pravone from Priest for Life is here to share much of that with us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. I want to remind you, uh, you can get our free app for Virgin Most Powerful. You can always listen through the app because sometimes we're getting kicked off with other formats. And uh, we'll come back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Father Frank Pavone breaking news regarding the life of the unborn here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Don't turn that dial. Stay with us and be informed and get on fire for the unborn. We'll be back with more. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-526. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Blue Collar Catholic Radio, we've got Father Frank Pavona. We're talking about something that's very, very important uh, in this country, 
And what a difference, uh, Father Frank. We, we have the 117th Congress right now. Is there a stark difference from the 116th Congress that was under uh, President Trump? Is there, a, is there a stark difference, Father? Well, it, it, there's a couple of differences. Uh, of course, the 116th Congress, the Democrats uh, took over the House of Representatives and the Republicans still held the Senate. Uh, now the Senate is 50-50, but the Democrats' lead in the House is, is shrunk. But uh, the problem is, just like in the last Congress, they didn't want to talk about this bill to protect babies born alive. Democrats didn't want yeah, to talk about I it. So the Republicans did something in the last Congress, which they are doing again starting today. Good. And let me explain what this yeah. is. If the leadership in the House, because remember, whatever party has the majority, they control the committees. They basically control what legislation even gets a hearing, much less mm. gets passed. So if, 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 the, if, the, if the party leadership in the majority doesn't want to consider a certain bill, there's still a way that the House members, if a majority of the members themselves do want to proceed with a debate and a vote, mm -hmm. they can indicate that they want to do that. Okay. So you have to have a majority, which means you'll have to have some crossover votes from the Democrats, because all the Republicans are in favor of moving ahead with this bill to protect these babies born alive. And, um, and so today they introduced this mechanism whereby they can request that a majority of the members sign on. It's called a discharge petition. Mm -hmm. And all that means, again, is, hey, let's have a vote, even though the leadership doesn't want to. Let's have a vote. And you need a majority of the House, which translates into 218 members. Now, with the Republicans, they're going to be able to get pretty close to that number because, again, as I say, it's practically even in the House as it is in the Senate. Uh, Democrats have a handful more. So we only need a handful to, to sign this petition among the Democrats. And the good news is once this petition opens up, as it did today, and in fact, in about two hours, hundreds of Republican lawmakers are going to start lining up, literally lining up on the floor of the House. People can watch it on, uh, on C-SPAN. And um, they're going to sign this discharge petition. Awesome. I think today is going to go down in history as the most signatures ever put on a discharge petition in a single day in the history of the uh, of the Congress. Uh, shows the importance of this issue. This is the first discharge petition of this new Congress. And um, I tell you what, this is, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a, the good news is it, it's open for the rest of the Congress. Yeah. I mean, we have a now a year and a half to convince a handful of Democrats to sign on. But even more important than convincing them to sign on, is convincing the voters. We have to tell people about this because if their Democrat representative doesn't even want to protect babies born alive, what on earth are they doing in public office? Mm. Well said, Father. So this is an exciting time. Our listeners wanting to get involved in pro-life right now, this is a time where we can't be silent. We have to do two things, at least. And Father, correct me if I'm wrong, but number one, we have to be praying for the end of abortion but number two, we have to make sure our representatives represent our views and support yeah. them. Is that a, I mean, how do we get involved with doing that, Father? Yeah, we, let me give you a special website we put together just for this purpose, which is bornalive.us. Mm -hmm. Bornalive.us. Now, a few things. You mentioned prayer. We've got a prayer campaign going on this, and the prayer is linked from that page, bornalive.us. Secondly, people can sign up to get involved, and we'll keep them informed. Third, the page itself 
has a lot more detail of the medical history. How could a baby be born alive during an abortion? Um, what are the medical testimonies? What are some examples? What is the history of this bill, which I just traced very, very briefly, because this bill did get passed by the House back in the 115th Congress, mm -hmm. which is which is which is when the Republicans had the majority in the House. Okay, so. Uh, but it didn't get so it didn't, it didn't get enough votes in the Senate. That's always the problem. But the point is that uh, BornAlive.us will give people all this information. It'll also give them an action alert, and the message to give. All they have to do is call their their representative's office, either the local office or the DC office, and uh, we give you exactly the wording to use. Okay, to encourage them at this point, encourage them to sign the discharge petition because right. if they support the bill. Well, at this point, that's not good enough because the bill isn't even going to get a vote unless it gets discharged by uh, a majority of the House members. So that's where we're at. And BornAlive.us will help people to learn more. Father Frank, uh, go ahead, Jesse, because I have a follow-up question. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, if, if anybody wants to know what the Catholic Church teaches, it's in paragraph 2270 there you go. and 2271. It's very short. It tells you the Church's position. And I know that, uh, obviously... Uh, Nancy Pelosi hasn't read 2270 and 2271 because I've heard her say on, on television several times that the church doesn't have a defined teaching on when life begins. That's categorically false. Yep. It goes to show you that uh, the Speaker Ignorant. of the House has never read paragraph 2270 and 2271. And I dare say... Joe Biden has not read those two paragraphs as well. It would probably be, I don't know, I'm just guessing maybe their bishops should cut and paste this from the Internet and send it to them in an email, maybe a phone call follow-up. Have them read it yeah. and have them at least have some tension in their mind to make them realize that you continue down this path at your own peril like we read today in today's gospel. Yeah, You know, Jesse... Um let, let, let's, let's, you guys are always brutally honest on this program. You know, let, let's say something about these politicians who think this way. What on earth is wrong with these people that it, 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 look, one of these babies that was born alive, we have documented cases by the hundreds, right? What happened here in Florida, the baby was born alive during an abortion. The abortionist threw the baby into a medical uh, uh, waste bag. Now, this was a baby at the point of viability, okay? Now, are, are these politicians trying to say to us, you see a baby gasping for air on the table, two arms, two legs, mm. two eyes, a nose, a mouth. This is a baby. Amen. You mean to tell me that, that in order to, to stop that baby from getting thrown into a medical waste bag and dying in there, you need a dogmatic definition from the Catholic Church. <laughs> Good point. It, what is wrong with these people? I mean, we appreciate Catholic dogma, and the Church has told us uh, uh, about about how wrong it is to kill a baby. But why on earth do these people even need something like that? To and this is what people say to me too when they say, "Oh, but I, I, you know, I don't see it in the Bible where where you know abortion is wrong." Well, first of all, read the Bible, and then secondly, but then why would you even need? To find it in a Bible. I mean, if, if a baby is 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 dying, 
you're going to stand around with your your arms crossed and say, well, show me in the Bible where I should save this baby. <laughs> you've got to be sick. There's something wrong with your – the lights have gone out up here, you know, in your conscience to, to have to say that. Father Frank, I just witnessed the movie Roe versus Wade. I don't want to change it, but it's the same. Bernard Nathanson, who you knew and I knew well – Yep. Had, had the largest abortion clinic in the Western world. He performed over 75,000 abortions. And you and I both met him in the 1980s. People were praying for his own conversion. He had a metanoia. He had his own conversion, not only for life, but he became a Catholic and an on-fire Catholic, I might add. So here's my question to you, Father Frank. Number one, after watching the movie, I think this would be, I think it would be good for everyone who's listening to watch that movie because it demonstrates how someone like Bernard Nathanson could just dis disregard the facts about life as a doctor and then come to realize he, that it was his conscience that he deadened. He didn't want to know, he didn't want to, didn't, he didn't want to acknowledge that that was life until ultrasound came in and he saw it. And as you can see in the movie, the man just fell apart. And so I'm going to make a suggestion and Father Frank follow up on it that Pelosi, Biden, all these politicians are doing the same thing that Bernard Nathanson was doing. I'm truly convinced that if the graces were there and that these people were open to the truth of a life, that they would see what they're doing is wrong and evil. I might use the word evil, not wrong, evil in killing unborn babies and that they would have a, a turnaround like Bernard Nathanson would. And I want to encourage people to get the Roe versus Wade movie because some of the stuff that went on father frank uh, regarding roe versus wade some of the uh, the, uh, the judges who had relatives working for planned parenthood but many people would never know there's some nuggets in that film okay i'm done what do you think about that film do you think people yeah. should be watching it oh yes in fact uh, i was i helped to put that together and uh, oh, a number of our priests for life team were consulted by Nick Loeb, the mm -hmm. the uh, primary producer of this, and uh, he did a great job researching yes. Roe v. Wade, and and it's very very um, accurate in terms of tracing the case and yes. the strategies on both sides. Right. Uh, people will have an appreciation through this film of uh, how did the court do what it did yeah. in taking away protection from these babies. It was a very careless decision. Exactly. Uh, and I say careless from the point of view of the kind of information, historical and medical information mm -hmm. that it relied on. Yes. Very careless. I mean, uh, 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 a, a ninth grade student could do better. Uh, than these these justices did in Roe v. Wade in looking at. I mean, they left out entire blocks of medical history. Yeah. You know, they they pretended, oh well, we don't know when life begins. Yeah. Of course, we know when life begins. Break. We knew we knew it by that time in medical science, Four. and we know it by common sense. Um, they did a bad job historically, very, very poorly uh, researched uh, history that went be behind Roe v. Wade, and they did a horrendous job uh, legal reasoning and constitutionally. Yeah. Uh, there's no constitutional argument in that decision. No. So the the the, the movie is um, a well worth watching. You know, we're getting close to the 50th anniversary of Roe yes. v. Wade. Yes. That's coming up a year from January. Yes. And so we're getting ready for that. In fact, we have another special website, roevwade50th.com. And you can actually find a link to the movie there as well. So roevwade50th.com. Uh, check it out. There's some books that could be read as well as, I mean, people don't want to delve into this case. Watch the movie yeah. and read a couple of the books that we've got recommended on that page.
Thank you, Father. You know, Father, the only re- the only way I can see Catholics falling into this type of this type of egregious rejection of the natural law and the divine positive law, the only thing that makes sense is what Sister Lucia uh, from nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy one. She uh, she wrote a letter and she coined this term to Cardinal Kafara that we would enter a time of diabolical disorientation. That's the only thing that I can that I can basically say that identifies the type of Catholic politician today that advocates for uh, you know the culture of death. They're diabolically disoriented, and uh, yeah, Cardinal Raymond Burke has actually said, "quote Confusion." is the work of the devil. It always has been, and it always will be. Cardinal Raymond Burke. We'll be right back with Father Frank Prevone from Priest for Life. We're talking about how to help defend the unborn throughout the world, and Priest for Life are doing that. Stay with us. Be a high-information Catholic and defend life at all stages. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Terry and Jesse Show, we've got Father Frank Pavone. Father, one of the great contributions that uh, President Trump gave us, and I think he did the country a great service, because now we can clearly see that there's two distinct camps in the world, okay? Uh, what St. John the Apostle calls in 1 John 3.10, the children of God and the children of Satan. This became very clear as a result of the, the Trump presidency. Now we can see the, the basic, uh, uh, you know, the Marxist uh, progressives coming out, uh, the, the anti-God forces, uh, the culture of death forces. Now the, the battle lines or the lines of demarcation are very clear, and I'm thankful to President Trump because all the pus came up to the top and it's now oozing forth. Am I am I uh, on to something? <laughs> oh, very much so. Uh, in fact, you know, you, you guys may know we worked so hard together in the election and favored <laughs> President Trump. And, you know, there's a beautiful book that has come out um, that you can find at celebratingthepresident.com. It's a beautiful picture journal of many of his key accomplishments. Celebratingthepresident.com. Yeah. And then there's also a film that just came out called the Trump I know dot com. Mm-hmm. And it goes behind the scenes with family members, campaign officials, White House staffers, the Trump I know dot com. It's so, so great. Uh, and I say this simply because when you do study and many books and, and, and many other resources are going to come out now um, to analyze, you know, what was the impact of of this uh, presidential administration of under Donald Trump? This is one of the key things, what you just said. This is what happened. We we learned what happens, okay, when a leader, instead of just, you know, taking the attacks from the left and from the, uh, you know, the Democrats and and, and from the pro-abortionists and just taking those attacks and not really adequately fighting back. But when somebody instead stands up, says it like it is, and fights back hard, What it does is it makes that confusion, which, as we said, is the devil's work, flee. Because when someone fights back real hard and real clear, the other side is forced to take off the mask. 
See, and, and, and that's what's happened. Mm. It's, been, it's been happening the last couple of years, actually, with the abortion industry. They no longer apologize for late-term abortion. They no longer apologize for abortion on demand without apology, you know, funded, fully funded. They, they, they've taken the mask, they've dropped the pretense, and they're saying now, well, this is exactly what we want. President Trump helped to bring all this stuff to light. Uh, you know, he, he I mean, now this question of the born alive babies, my goodness, he was very strong on that. Oh, yeah. He called on Congress to protect these babies. He called out Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia for saying, oh, well, maybe, you know, you could still make a decision even after the baby is born. It's like, no, you can't. Uh, but so you're right about that. He's, the battle lines are clearer. Father Frank, let me ask you a question. Um, Dr. Sebastian Gorka had President Trump on uh, the Salem Communication Network yesterday for 40 minutes. I don't. Did you get a chance to listen to any of that? Not yet. Not yet. No. Okay. Well, I heard it, and I was telling everybody. I think everybody should listen to it because it yeah. really got me thinking down the road. I mean, I know in another year and a half we're going to have another Congress. We're going to be voting again for that, but it just gives me motivation to see that. We really have to work hard in these upcoming months and years for the next elections because elections have consequences. What are your thoughts about that? People need to see the next election, which is the midterm elections, as happening now. Yeah. Now. Um, in fact, there's a couple of special elections in a couple of different parts of the country, even coming up in these in these. Um, uh, in the in these coming weeks. So there's always elections going on. Um, Ballotpedia is a good place to oh, good. keep on top of all things ballot related, uh, ballotpedia.com. But uh, yeah, you know, it's always for better or for worse. We've come to a point in American political history where it's always election season, yeah. you know, because you take the political history, the way the country's divided and you, and combine that with the means of social communication and information sharing and it's always election season. And I don't look at that as a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because we worked so hard in this last election and we won a lot of victories. I mean, the other side was just routed uh, at the state level and even at the federal level. The Democrats didn't expect to lose all those seats, you know, and uh, they, we expect, they didn't expect to lose all the Senate races they lost either. The point is that um, if we had so much momentum and so many people working so hard with the elections. Now is no time to stop. Exactly. We know what states are going to have Senate elections come come 2022. Uh, uh, every member of the House is, is up for re-election if they want to run. So it's time to be working on this now and continue the stuff about registering voters, continue the education about the differences in the platforms of the two political parties, as we talked about on this show frequently. There's uh, it, 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 no need to slow. We can't slow that down. We've got to we've got to keep that going. Yeah. yeah. Jesse, go Father, ahead. Go ahead. Father, there's uh, it, 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 the Daily Wire put out an, uh, an article today about they did an, uh, a CNN director who who says that he says we worked to oust Trump. We created propaganda on our network. We use fear yeah. to pass the climate agenda. So James O'Keefe, another good young Catholic from Project Veritas. Again, that's something else worth watching today on your, when you have a chance. He put out an explosive video today showing that CNN's technical director, Charlie Chester, admitted that the network, they worked day and night to get President Donald Trump out of office by 
creating propaganda issues constantly. Uh, and so, again, one of the things that we're going to have to work on in the next uh, year and a half is we're going to have to get the election process. We're going to have to reboot it and get it uh, where it's fair and equitable because yep. right now, uh, if if we don't fix this uh, this Dominion software nightmare, uh, the same thing can happen again. That's just my take, Father. Do you know if people are working on on uh, on election reform, true election reform around the country? Good question. Numerous uh, numerous states are doing so because uh, you know most of the states have Republican majorities in their state legislature, and they are working hard in numerous states on election. Uh, related reforms. The Heritage Foundation oh, at heritage.org does a good job of tracking these things. Um, you know, we give some updates over at prolifevote.com. But uh, uh, there's an offensive and a defensive dimension to this. The offensive, Georgia passed a, some great election laws recently, right? Because it's been causing a big controversy. But all they're saying is hey, listen, we want to know who's voting. There's nothing wrong with that. Voter ID law should be the norm across the country. We need an ID for practically everything else. And so a lot of states are working on these reforms. That's the the offensive, proactive uh, side of it. Work, and my advice to people is contact your state legislators, find out what efforts they're making in your state, and cooperate and help it along. Defensively, we have to fight against this uh, bill... Uh, that was passed in the House called H.R. 1. And uh, it's the, the concurrent bill is in the Senate. Uh, it's much harder to pass it in the Senate, fortunately. But uh, this would very much uh, federalize elections. That's not a good thing because the interests of different states are different. The power should be closer to the people uh, to run elections yep. on the state level. Yep. And secondly, um, the kind of federalization they're doing is very bad because it's going in the opposite direction of loosening the security of our ballots and loosening the requirements for identification uh, and so forth. And that just doesn't make any sense. So, Father, yeah, Father Frank, Bishop Strickland was on his show with us yesterday, and he made a comment, not just you know our country, but he said our church. He was very critical, uh, saying that we need our Catholics to be better informed of the issues that uh, that in other words, don't let your politics r- run your life. Have your faith, your Catholic faith, make those decisions when it comes to politicians. And he actually complimented one of his brother bishops in Texas, who said, "We bishops need to go after the politicians in our diocese." And yeah. no, he said that. I've not heard a bishop say that. He said right. we have to go to them and give them the facts about their Catholic faith and hold them accountable to their faith. And I thought, wow, what a great idea. Have you heard other bishops say that? Because to me, I thought that was, you know, I mean, common sense, but maybe it's not that common. He's telling bishops need to go and go to their politicians in their diocese and teach them their Catholic faith. Well, you know, they don't say it often individually out loud in the way that you just described Bishop Strickland doing so. But if you go back, and we've often talked about this document on this show, yeah. to, to the living the gospel That's of right. life. You have, yep. The bishop's uh, 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 joint document about voting, they do say that. Yes. They say 
we bishops should not be silent. We have to, and it went through, you know, the steps that by which they would uh, they would warn these politicians right. that hey, it's not a matter of it's not even a matter of embracing Catholic doctrine because neither in the church nor under the constitution do we have a religious test for public office. It's not about that. It's about following the basic moral law. Man. And if you are claiming to be a Catholic or you're claiming to be a Christian for that matter, yeah. um, f f live your faith, live your faith in your public life. So yes, they have said that. Now it's a question of implementing it. Well said. Father, I remember uh, Ben Shapiro when he spoke uh, at the March for Life in Washington, I guess it was two years ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of the things that he kept, he kept pounding this drum. He kept saying, Science is on our side. Yeah. And right. it's funny because the left, they're always saying, follow the science, follow the science. Well, yeah, let's follow the science on this. Uh, I mean, w when you look at any doctor of embryology, all of, I, I'm looking at one very famous book here, The Developing Human Clinically Oriented Embryology. Six, right. do six doctors wrote this, page 18. Human development begins at fertilization, the process during which a male gamete or sperm unites with a female gamete or ovum to form a single cell called the zygote. This specialized totipotent cell marks the beginning of us as an individual. Yeah, let's follow the science. Just the facts here. Terry and right. Jesse on Virgin, most powerful radio. We're going to have one more segment with Father Frank Pavone to talk about how we can protect the unborn. When I come back, I have a study that talks about how Christians view their religion and how it relates to their politics. We'll be back with more. Stay with us on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. St. John Paul II told us that we've got two teams out to the culture of life versus the culture of death. Yes. And we have one of the generals here. Literally, one of the, <laughs> I one agree. Of the, one of the general patents of the culture of life, you Father Frank it. Pavone. Father, here's what the left has been doing also. They do verbal engineering quite well. They'll never use the term abortion. They'll call it reproductive rights. Product of a... Uh, yeah, and, and you'll also find, you know, they're always talking about uh, that they favor the poor, they favor minorities. No, they don't. 80% uh, of abortion clinics are found in uh, Hispanic barrios and in black ghettos. They target the poor. Right. They target the minority. And also... Uh, they don't allow parents, uh, you know, some of the laws that have been passed by Democrats in different states, this uh, obstructing parental consent laws regarding abortion. So they override the responsibility or mom and dad, the authority of mom and dad. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm going to quote you on this. I heard you say this, say, say this several times. You said the Democrat Party, they don't know the difference between serving their constituents and killing them. The Father Frank. 
That's right. And and it's very true what you say about how they don't want to use the word abortion. We see that it's getting worse than ever, uh, whether it's United Nations documents that the pro-abortion are pushing or, 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 or legislation in Congress. You know, we've got this Equality Act. That's another one uh, that the Democrats have introduced past the House. It's, it's, uh, it's being considered in the Senate. And we've got to be vocal to our senators to say, no, it sounds good, doesn't it? Equality. They're putting a lot of these things under the rubric of equality. But to show you what they do to get abortion through, they'll say, OK, well, any any procedure having to do with pregnancy or childbirth has to be provided on an equal basis. Well, obviously, abortion is included in that. Um, and they say, oh, but it doesn't mention abortion. Yeah, but not mentioning abortion is precisely the problem because federal law already explicitly excludes abortion mm -hmm. from a lot of the funding mechanisms of our government and our laws at different levels. So if you don't mention abortion anymore, that actually ends up promoting abortion right. because it now takes out that exception. And you're saying, well, abortion has to be funded equally with all the other uh, uh, procedures. So it, it's very, very tricky. It's tricky the way they use language and the way they don't use language. Father Frank, give, I was going to give a statistic, and I think I'll do it. According to George Barnapol, this is taken from Peter Kreitz's book, How to Destroy a Western Civilization. He's going to be our guest on Monday to talk about his book. And basically, he says what St. John Paul II said, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And he hits very heavily on the abortion issue. But according to this poll, and then this is the key, he says, and this is what Bishop Strickland told me yesterday, we need to catechize our uh, Catholics in this country to know their faith so that they will properly vote their faith. He said in this, in this uh, survey, Americans are very comfortable with the religious faith. Most adults, even teenagers, see themselves as people of faith, but their faith is rarely a focal point in their life or a critical factor in their decision-making. According to his poll, only 15% of regular churchgoers, this is shocking, 15% of the church regular goers who, they, who themselves make up only about 50% of America give their relation to God as their first priority. And check this out, only 35% of church regular churchgoers believe that God expects people to be holy. So what I'm saying, Father Frank, it seems that we do have to do a better job of sharing the gospel so people know what sin is, first, first of all, so that they, when they see sin, like abortion, that they're not going to vote for it and that they will have their Catholic faith give them their direction on the way they should be voting with the gospel of life. And so, Father, my comment to you is what Bishop Strickland said, that's the key. Our, our flock is so ignorant right now that they're voting for people like Biden, I'm just saying them by name, and they're Catholic, and they don't realize for some strange reason that they're voting uh, against their Catholic faith, maybe because they think they're going to get some funding from it. Here's my question. How well are we catechizing our flock regarding the life issues? Not very well. You know, the kind of statistics that you mentioned yeah. uh, uh, really should make us start getting we guess things start getting away from this phrase that we hear just a little too often yeah. oh we're preaching to the choir 
apparently the choir needs some preaching. Exactly. And, and, and we shouldn't, you know, I've never put much stock in that particular uh, saying because yeah. it's like, since when does the choir not practice, yeah. you know? I, I mean, we, we've, and we should not, it's a big mistake to take for granted. You I know, agree. some pastors will say, oh, I don't talk about abortion because all my congregation yeah. is pro-life. Really? Just the opposite. I'd like to meet, the, I'd like to meet them, yeah. you know? That'd be <laughs> interesting to say, I mean, to say that all, you know, yeah. oh, I, we have no abortions going on among our congregation. Oh, slow down, Father, you know, wait a second, you know, <laughs> get to know your flock a little bit more. So, um, you know, this has been at the heart of the Priest for Life apostolate yeah. from the very beginning. The reason so many lay people, I mean, we've got a lot of support from priests, but so many lay people came to us right from day one because they want, they long, they thirst to see their priests going front and center mm -hmm. on issues like the protection of life. And they don't. Even Bernard Nathanson, you know, we talked about him yeah. before in terms that sure. we knew him and, sure. and he's, he's featured in this movie, Roe v. Wade. You know, he said in one of the interviews I did with him, yeah. We talked about it privately many times. He said, you know, he said, I hardly ever hear any sermons about abortion. Yeah. You know, and even when he became a Catholic, yes. he still experienced that problem. He yeah. said, I, 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 I don't hear it. And then and then we have people saying to me and to you, oh, we do talk too much about abortion. We obsess about abortion. <laughs> I want to know what church they're they're living in. because yeah, really. I don't see it. And, and a final thought about Henry Hyde, because I met him, and I know you met Henry Hyde also at pro-life conferences. What a great man. He's a hero of mine. Can we talk a little bit about the Henry Hyde amendment that he did yes. and what we need to keep that? Go ahead. I'm all ears. Medicaid, Medicaid uh, money, our taxpayer dollars protected <clears throat> from going for abortion. Thanks yeah. to this Hyde amendment, which right. he negotiated, got put into, it's an amendment, and, and, and you know, it's it's something that has had to be renewed uh, time and time again. Uh, the other side is always trying to get rid of it, but it, it has saved 2.4 million just, lives. Just the fact. By the best, by the best yep. calculations. Uh, that's a lot of lives uh, uh, for these last few decades. Wow, what a great man he was for, to do that. And, and who's trying to stop it right now? I mean, let's be honest. Isn't it the Democrat Party? It's, They're making it's, major efforts right. to try and get rid of it, correct? Biden Biden used to support it. Yes, he did. He was, yeah. When he was in Congress, when he was in the Senate. He used to support it. He went and ran for president. He flip-flopped and he said, oh, no, we have to get rid of the Hyde Amendment. And this year, it was, the, it was this election yeah. this, that just passed right. that for the first time the Democrat Party platform explicitly says in the platform that they want to get rid of the Hyde Amendment. Oh, and they're going to come to us and talk about saving lives yeah, and get on a, a, a moral high horse. Give me a break. That's crazy. Father, you know, the, uh, Rush Limbaugh rests in peace. Amen. I heard him years ago say the following, and I, I just grabbed it from the Internet because I remember he said it in uh, June 2013, way back then, he said this about, a, about abortion. He says, quote, The root of our problems in America... The root of our cultural rot and decay, of irresponsibility, of economic woes, of violence in our country, why 10-year-olds are shooting each other, why our society is permissive, this is obvious to me. Abortion is the foundation of all our problems. He nailed it. He writes, how can we eliminate 55 million of our children and not be damaged by it? Close quote. Talk about a prophetic statement God from just... 
from 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 you know from somebody who was on talk radio. I mean, this this he, he sounds like an Old Testament prophet with these words. Doesn't he? And, and you know, it, it all comes together here. Philip Ney, Canadian psychiatrist mm-hmm. that we work with a lot, says there is nothing that destroys the family more than abortion. Um, Mother Teresa said it was the greatest destroyer of love and of peace. The U.S. bishops have said it has completely poisoned our legal system and uh, not to mention our culture. Uh, and I will remember from back from, I think it was in the 1980s, uh, this is just anecdotal, but a young man who was uh, who did some random act of violence was hauled into court you know what he said to the judge you kill him in the womb we kill him in the streets what's the difference well said i heard, I heard that in superior when i was the I cop did. in la I, I heard that from several suspects that i arrested they would say why are you taking me to jail it's legal to kill a, a, go down the street to planned parenthood you could kill a human being what's the difference between me pulling a gun and shooting the guy that i don't like so c- criminals told me that to my face i remember that when i arrested them yep. Uh, working the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. Here's another, argument. here's another quote from Mother Teresa out of uh, Peter Kreef's book. When Mother Teresa came to Harvard to give the commencement address, she began by criticizing the invitation Harvard had sent her. It had said something about inviting the most well-known citizen of one of the world's poorest countries to share her wisdom with the citizens of one of the richest countries. She said this was wrong. It is something unbelievable that today a mother herself can murder her own child. This is one of the greatest poverties, a nation, people, family that allow that, that accepts that they are the poorest of the poor. Father Frank? It's a poverty of, of love, of yep. respect, of moral clarity. Uh, you, you, you allow abortion, you are a very poor nation. But someone who's had an abortion, there is help, there is forgiveness. Can you talk about that, Father? abortionforgiveness.com simple website you can find the healing ministry closest to you and I have the privilege of overseeing the world's largest healing ministry Rachel's Vineyard and we welcome everyday moms and dads and grandparents and all family members even ex-abortionists that are looking for for repentance forgiveness and peace so nobody should despair abortionforgiveness.com amen how about a, a, a blessing from father frank could we get that please for all, all right well in this easter season as we continue to proclaim that christ is risen may that risen lord shine upon you with his grace and give you his blessing the father the son and the holy spirit amen amen, amen. And, and father frank for people who can support priests for life you have several yes. other um Websites. Why don't you name a couple other websites that people can go to to help, you know, with the with protecting unlike, unborn babies? That's, that's right. Thank you for that. Well, we've got our our uh, main website is endabortion.us. Mm-hmm. Endabortion.us. And if people want to give a gift, prolifegift.com awesome. uh, is where they can go. Awesome. Wow, Frank Jesse, I'm fired up. Yep, we're obligated to speak the truth and tell the truth because. Our salvation depends on it. Amen. It absolutely does. I'm going to ask not Jesse this question. Father Frank Pavone, what state should we be living in, brother? State of grace. You got it right. And Jesse and I will always have you come back here on Virgin Most Powerful to protect the unborn because it's sacred. Because life is short and eternity is forever. And remember, folks, what you do today will have great effects for the future. And that's protecting the unborn. May God richly bless our listeners. And as I say to everybody, we are too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, all three of us would be billionaires because our hope is in Jesus Christ. May God richly bless all of our listeners. Up next, I see in the studio to me is Matt Arnold. 
Join us by getting the app Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Father Frank, God love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, praise God. Amen. God love you.